Tennis betting is one of those sports where if you're on, you're on. I mean, if you're hot, then you're hot. But on the contrary, if you're cold, then you're cold, and if you're down, then you're down. Why is that? Why is it just tennis that's like that? Or why is tennis more so like that compared to other sports when it comes to betting? Tennis, bro, if if um <clears throat> if you're losing bets, it means you have bad breeds on the players. And it means you're you're picking one girl or one player and the other player wins. And you don't bet the other player because you like the other girl better, or you don't like that girl, you don't think she's good, so you don't bet her, you fade her. But then that girl keeps winning. And then you find yourself constantly having to bet their matches. Why? Because these girls advance, the ones you don't like, and then the ones that you like that you were high on go home. You can't bet them anymore. So you end up, if you're cold, and, and if you're constantly losing, you're, you end up with a bunch of players that you can't make good reads on. You know what I mean? You think they're bad, but they're good. Or you can't quite get it right with them. Madison Keys this year, I'm 0-4 betting her matches. She's played four matches this year. I'm 0-4 against her. Or on her. I I um I faded her three times. She won all those matches and I took her once and she lost that match. How about that? That's just one player I can't get right. And Madison Keys yesterday won, so today she plays again. And that's one match that I probably shouldn't bet because I can't get it right. Okay. When you're hot though, you're seeing matches, you're seeing girls, you like them, you pick them, they win. And then you see them again tomorrow. Because winners progress and losers go home. And that's what I mean when you're, if you're hot, then you're hot. You stay hot. You know, if you start off the week good, chances of you having a killer week are pretty high. Not because of the good start, but because you're going to ride with these girls until the end. If we look if we look at some of the draws, all those girls have kicked my ass. Like in Adelaide, every single girl there, I believe, has kicked my ass this week. The only player, I believe, that's still playing in the in the quarterfinals, I believe we have eight quarterfinals tomorrow. The only one that hasn't really properly fucked me yet is Muguruto. Kasatkino, I can't get it right. Caro Garcia, I can't get it right. Krajikova, I can't get it right. Ons Jabor, I can't I can never get it right. She plays Contivate. We're yet to try our luck with Contivate. Contivate should win that match, I think. I don't know what the lines are. We'll talk about that later. Samsonovai absolutely cannot get right, and she plays Madison Keys. I'm 0-4 betting her matches this year. Zidonchik, I can't get right. Lauren Davis, I don't know how she's playing a quarterfinal. Anna Konya, fucks me in the ass. Coco Goff, no value for two and a half more years. Madison Brengel has fucked me pretty hard. Allison Risk has fucked me pretty hard. I faded Brengel like 16 times this year. I, I don't think she's lost a match. How about that? Madison Brengel 3 and 1 this year. Took a set off Kudermetova too. So even when she lost to Kudermetova last week, I lost too. I just can't get Madison Brengel right. Alison Risk last night, I, I took uh, Kalanina over her. I lost. The previous day I took her stay over Kalanina, I also lost. So Kalanina 0-4 also betting her matches this year. Win or lose. Coco Goff can't get it right. Marta Kostyuk might have had a chance. Look, good bets or bad bets, we just want to make money. But if we can't, if, if in, a, in a given particular week we can't get it right and figure out these players and these players are kicking our ass, no point co continuing to bet them. So looking at tomorrow's matches, there are four quarterfinals in every tournament, so we'll have eight matches. In my eyes, at the moment, there's only two matches we can bet on. Kasatkina Muguruta 
and Contevate Jabor. Krzykova Garcia were negative betting each and each of their of their of of them of their matches, sorry. Samsonova Keys, I think like one and six. If we combine their, their matches, Idanchek Davis, one and two, I believe. Anaconia and Goff, probably like one and five or one and six. Brengle and Risk, zero oh and six. So clearly, I I cannot get these players right, and that's okay. What am I gonna do? Don't bet their matches. Simple. I can't figure them out. Something is up this week. I'm gonna try again next week, and that's okay. And look, the thing about cold streaks is that not only do you have to identify that there are certain players that you just cannot, you can't count on. It goes against everything you stand for if you decide to back them. Or if they're simply just too volatile, you just can't quite make a good read and, and put your finger on them, like I said, so you pass. No need to roll the dice, we're in the business of making good bets, right? Now if a line stands out, you can consider it. Like I said, you can make a case, but it has to be a really good case. It can't be it's like, ooh, I kind of like that. No, it has to be, ooh, I love that. I love that line. Okay, and like I said, when it when it's hot, when you're hot and you're winning, you don't even think about these things. You don't even think about shit like this. It's like holy fuck, I'm winning. I'm absolutely slaughtering this week. Well, it's most likely because you have a good read on 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 the players, and those players keep winning for you. And those players, you know how to read. Your perception of them is, is probably a little bit better than the market and then the lines, so therefore you see value and, and you and you win bets. And if they keep winning, you keep winning. And if you keep winning, then they'll continue to win for you as well. It's like a win-win-win. Win. You like a girl, you better, she wins, you win. Because she won, she plays tomorrow, you like her, you better, she wins again, you win again. And it's the same if, if she loses. You really dislike a player, you think she sucks, you fade her, she wins, you lose. Tomorrow you do it again, she wins, you lose. She stays winning, I stay losing. That's not very good. That's a negative correlation, right? The more certain player wins, the more I end up losing. I thought Nuria Perez-Diaz would make a semi-final. She didn't. She lost in the second round. Not even a quarter-final. That's where I was wrong. So clearly something is right tonight. And there's a lot of things you can do during a cold streak. The and look, when it comes to talking about... Look, in general, when it comes to talking about whatever... I'm not gonna like sugarcoat or feed you some bullshit or, or just say things because it's the right thing to say. I'm not like that. I'm not like that at all. I've never been like that and quite frankly I'll never be like that. I'll never sell my soul for or, or, or be a sellout just to say something that I'm supposed to say even though I don't mean it or I don't stand by it. Which includes a lot of cliches, a lot of bullshit. Look, I don't want to talk about other people and what other people say or do or preach. Because I'm not worried about them. But during a, a cold streak, it's important to be more selective. Okay, so if if if, if you want to bet something, like I said, you have to make a really good case. If you like it, don't play it. You have to love it. You have to absolutely love it. Be more selective, much more selective. And try and avoid players that you can't get right in that particular week and at the end of the tournament at the end of the week you can sort of reassess those players maybe change how you feel about them you know assess or analyze their performance over the course of the week and see where you might have went wrong in you know breaking down that player their game 
what you anticipate or expect from them in their matches. Things like that. Another thing you can do is decrease volume, which is another way of saying be more selective, and also lower your units. Risk less. Wager less. Smaller stakes. Probably go half the volume and half the units. But say, if, 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 if you're on a losing streak, if you're down like 20 units... If, if you win for like two weeks... You'll have to win two whole weeks to make up one bad week if you have your units on a cold streak. What's that about? Lose one week and win two weeks just to break even? Yeah, listen. Look, that's okay. We're looking to get right. We're not looking to erase that deficit, right? If you want to get out of the hole, you have to get right first. You need to understand that. Winning bets, making money, being profitable is not just simply about making money. You have to get right first. It's not just about winning bets, sorry. Winning bets doesn't just come about like that. I mean like a, like a profitable slate or a week or a tournament. You have to get right. What do you mean by you have to get right? You have to sort your shit out. Understand the players, understand the lines. Make good reads on the players. And once you've got it right, that's when you're on. And you can have a hell of a week. Because that's the goal. We want to be good. We don't, we don't want to get rich tomorrow morning, right? And no one said this was going to be easy either. Big Sean, one of my favorite rappers, Big Sean from Detroit, shout out the Greek Piston. Big Sean once said, it took me 10 years to be an overnight success. Think about that for a second. He said, it took me 10 years to be an overnight success. What does that mean? Say, what the fuck does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. Everyone wants to be an overnight success. Everyone wants to be successful by tomorrow morning. Everyone wants to be rich by 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Well, Big Sean's telling you that it took him 10 years to do that. Obviously, the overnight success part, that's like sort of the kicker. That's the joke, right? No such thing as an overnight success. It'll take you years. Maybe not 10, but it'll take you time. If you want to be rich by tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., 9.30... There's not much I could do for you, to be honest. And that's why it's so important to be right. Listen to Big Sean, bro. He probably got right one day and did his thing. And 10 years later, he became a success. Okay? So this is what I mean. You have to get right. Like, like bankroll management is one thing. But if you're up and down or if you're down one week, it's okay. Believe that you'll get right, and once you get right, you know how much you'll win. And look, man, I'll I'll help I'll help get you right. It's my responsibility. And look, it's it's not my fault if we lose, but I'm responsible to prevent that. You know, th does that make sense? Like it's my responsibility to prevent this from happening, but it's not my fault if it happens. Very look, very different things. Mark Manson said it. Mark Manson, great author. I suggest all of his books. It is not my fault that we're losing, but it's my responsibility to prevent that from happening. And to get us right. That is my responsibility. My responsibility is to get us right. And to help us win. To put us in positions where we can win. But it's not my fault if we lose. Fault and responsibility are, are, are different things. Mark Manson does a really good job defining that. Look bro, there's a lot of skills in life and success in general. You can sort of use inspiration from anyone. You don't have to look at some girl, some, some girl or some dude from a New Jersey suburb that hit a $12 parlay for $6 million. Look, quite frankly, that's not where you should, where you should be getting your inspiration from. Okay. Um, 
But look man, success in general and inspiration to get good and get right and, and you know, get on track. Um That shit's important. You can get it from any source, for from from any successful person or story. Okay, inspiration and, and motivation, those are two very important things. And and you gotta have your energy up at all times and, and you have to believe. Your mindset has to be right. Okay, you have to have faith in yourself in the process. And look, this is this is the cringy cliche shit that people talk about, but it's true. There's truth behind it. It's cringy and cliche because a lot of a lot of people that don't really know what they talk what they talk about, th they realize that that sounds so smart, and they and they and they feed you that shit, and it, it sounds like bullshit most of the time, but it's true. Okay, awareness is a very important thing. You gotta be aware of like where you are in life. Be able to look inside of you and see what's going on. Be able to look outside of you and see where you stand in, in society and what's around you. Whilst we're on the topic of books, I recommend The Art of War as well. Really good book. And listen guys, about tennis, about, about, about our bets, about winning and shit. You know, another cringy, cringy, cliche nonsense that people say you know you know how they talk about oh you gotta get your 10,000 hours in or a thousand hours whatever the number is 10,000 seems like a lot but not really but you know how they say oh if you want to learn a skill or if you want to master something or if you want to get good at something you got to get your 10,000 hours in like you want to learn the guitar practice for 10,000 10, hours you'll become a master of playing the guitar you want to learn a new language? Get your 10,000 hours in. As far as tennis goes, the, the hours that you can put in are watching the matches. I think I've exceeded 57,000 million trillion hours. Okay? Um, which I think is a bad thing. I probably should have stopped at 10,000 because I've, I've watched a lot of tennis. I'm, I get sick of it at times. During the clay court season last year, I, I was like the site of red dirt on my screen made me so sick. I was sick of seeing it. Is that suggestive of how my bets went at the French Open? Maybe, but that's not the point. Sometimes you shouldn't do you shouldn't overdo it. And it should always be fun. And if it's not fun then you're doing something wrong. Look, gambling addiction and chasing and going all in and irresponsible betting that I can't really talk to you about that because the people who preach bankroll management unit sizes those are the fuckers that are full of shit you can't tell me what to do I mean some people would like to hear it but but look look I know that we're all human beings right we all get urges sometimes we feel it like bro this is the fucking bet right here this is it I'm gonna go crazy on this you know what I mean? And then and then other days, you're back to normal. You know, you feel like putting 50, you feel like putting 100. I do unit sizes for confidence. Confidence rating, biggest bet. If I had to pick my, my top three, top two bets, these are my biggest bets I'm most confident in. I'm not going to tell you to follow the units by, by, like, as if I can sue you and take you to court if... If you play an extra two dollars on a bet that you shouldn't have, okay, that's one like that's one thing that, you know, like we're not robots, right? We're not fucking machines. We're not gonna bet fifty dollars on every bet for the rest of our lives because that's discipline, and that's bankroll management. We're not freaks like that. I know people do it. Look, there's nothing wrong with you guys, but you guys are freaks. Okay? We're human beings. We, like, this is fun in the end. We, we do want to go crazy from time to time and just sort of unload on a bet if it feels right. You know what I mean? If the vibe is right, if your energy is up and you like the bet, you'll fucking go crazy on it. Look, I'm not suggesting that. Look, I'm no means being an advocate for this sort of behavior, but I'm just saying, like... This is normal. We're degenerate gamblers, okay? Like like a gambling addiction, like th that's a big part of what it entails.
I wouldn't call that irresponsible, so to speak, but it's just, you know, not very responsible. <laughs> but it's not, like, irresponsible, it's just not responsible, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's I'm not saying it's neutral either, oh, look, it is irresponsible. It is, but look, that's okay, it's, it's not like, look man, some people are robots and I'm jealous of them. Like, some people never get the urge to be like, Fuck it, I'm going all in on this. This is the one right here. Come on, Rebakana. Come on, baby. I know you got this. I know you got this. I'm, I'm gonna go all in on this. And then see where we're at tomorrow morning, right? <clears throat> How many of you have ever said that before? Look, that's normal. Look, robots don't do that. Safe, what the fuck do you mean by a robot? What's a robot? Robots like a person with, like, no feelings. They're, like, so, like, stone cold. They don't have, like... They're not emotionally driven in any way, or really they just have no emotions whatsoever, and they bet like a robot. You know what I mean? Well look, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, I'm not like that. And I know 80% of you aren't like that. That is not the expectation. But for some reason, some people make it seem like that is the expectation, and sometimes maybe they even make you feel like shit for not, for not being like that. Don't worry about it bro, I love you for who you are. And it's okay to, to irresponsibly bet sometimes, okay? Look, man, look, if you're irresponsible with one or two bets, one or two nights a week, that doesn't mean you don't have discipline. Discipline is knowing when to stop, when to step away. That's real discipline, okay? But look, man, if you, if you go crazy on a bet or two, do it, bro. I mean, that's what makes it fun in the end, right? But just be responsible. Don't go too crazy. Especially on a cold streak. Chasing is the number one symptom, if you like, of gambling addiction. Chasing. It's like, fuck, I'm down a lot this week. I'm d I need to go get it back right now. That's, that's what chasing is. Like, okay, look. I'm down 300 today, so I put 300 on this one. If it wins, nothing happened. What if it loses? Cuz the 300 that you were down had you had you like feeling pretty bad that you wanted to go bet 300 just to get it back. Now imagine if you're down that times 2. Mm -mm -mm. No bueno. Right? Units, bankroll, management, unit sizing, blah, blah, blah. We are not robots. You are your own person. I can't tell you what to do. I can only give you good advice and put you in good positions. If you see people, if you see people do something or, or people preach something and shove shit down your throat that you just can't quite manage to do, it's just not your style or not your vibe, don't feel bad, bro. Don't worry about it. And bro, the thing is about those dudes that are robots who bet, they probably do better than us. Maybe in the medium term. Long term, they're probably really good because they're, you know, they have very strict rules. They follow them. They're like a robot, like a computer. A computer will always, you know, you input some, some commands into a computer, the computer will follow it. Okay, we're not like that. Me and you are not like that, right? The thing is, bro, we experience the highs of highs and the lows of lows because we're not robots. Because quite simply, we have emotions, we feel things. A robot doesn't feel things, so so like when we lose or we're, when we're down some, we feel that shit. Like in our hearts, bro, we, we sense that. We're like, fuck man, this is so sad, I'm low-key kind of depressed. Lost a lot of money today, this shit sucks. And then maybe you make some poor decisions. Betting or otherwise, I don't know man, I hope you guys don't. Please look after yourselves, and take care of yourselves. But you know what bro? When we win, and we fucking get right, we experience the highest of highs on this fucking roller coaster that we call gambling, 
that these robots don't, bro. That should make you feel better. When a robot smacks the fuck out of some bets all week long, bro, all tournament. They feel the same exact way they did when they got fucked for an entire week. Okay, so that should make you feel better. When you smack the fuck out of some bets all goddamn week, bro. You feel amazing. What should, what should make you feel even more amazing is that the robot who hit the same bets that you did doesn't feel this way right now. It's okay, bro. We'll win. We'll get right, bro. We'll feel good. We'll get right. Okay, and we'll feel good about it. And bro, the thing the thing with gambling is is that winning solves everything, right? Your mood, your your bankroll. <laughs> you know, first and foremost, your bankroll, your mood, your energy. Winning solves everything, bro. Okay, so it's important to not be down on yourself, to make bad decisions. Okay, you gotta focus on on being in the right place at all times so you can win, so you can make good decisions. But look man, on day one of this show I said that we're not here to have fun, we're here to make money, which is true, I stand by that. We're not here to have fun, if you wanna have fun, go, I don't know. Go walk in the park, I don't know. But this should be fun. Gambling should be fun, okay? We're here to win, that's our number one goal, but if it's not fun, that that will hinder our, our chances of winning. That will decrease the likelihood of us winning if we're not having fun. Why? I preach vibes and energy all the time, bro. And that's um, that is important, bro. How you're feeling, like... It's, it's just the energy, bro. Okay? If, if you're down, then it's like, uh, whatever. It kind of feels like a chore. It's a drag. You don't really care. You're not really thinking about it. You're not, you're not at your sharpest. Okay? So it has to be fun. You have to be, you know, spirits have to be up. We are here to win. We're not here to have fun. But if we're not having fun, then we can't win. So in order for us to win, we have to be having fun and we have to... You know, be in a good mood always, and if we're not, we step away for a little bit. Now look, for some people, that's like two hours. Like, alright man, I'ma stop, I'ma chill, that's it. No more bets for the next 60 minutes. <laughs> okay. So, look man, look, wh whatever it is, 60 minutes, a day or two, I'll start again next Monday. I'll just chill this weekend, I'll see what's good next week, how I'm feeling. Just do your thing, bro. Make sure you're right. Some people just need to shut everything off. Go take a shower, make some food. Go, go, like, meet a friend. Say what's good to your neighbor, bro, that we that we mention every day on the show. You know, take a shower, make some food, take a nap. Maybe watch some TV, tune out for a little bit. You know, jerk off, whatever, bro. What, look, man, look, bro. Whatever you do, bro. Sometimes just stepping away for a little bit, resetting, maybe that's it, and then come back later, your you know your mind's clear. And get back get right back at it. This has to be fun. If it's not fun, you have to step away. Take a little break or change some things. If it's not fun and winning is fun, winning solves everything right. If you're winning, you're having fun, no doubt. Okay, maybe watching the tennis matches is fun. Decrease your wagers. Watching a tennis match is not as fun if you don't have a bet on it, right? If you're not looking at a chick like, how the fuck did you miss that? If you're not doing that, you're probably not having fun. Right? So, <coughs> decrease your, your, your wager size. You know, lower your bets. Tune in if that's, your, if that's how you can get back on track. Do it. Watch some tennis. Lower your units. If you lose, you're not pissed. If you win, you, you're, you know you're having fun. Okay. That's another thing about, like, lower unit size. It's like, oh, I... I oh, I just lost $5. It's cool. It was a good match. We had a chance there. That was fun. Whatever. What's next? 
But but like if it's the same like five dollars or whatever or two dollars, say like, oh hell yeah I won that was a sick match that was fun as fuck man she did so good. You know what I mean like, like baby steps bro. Get yourself back on track. Okay and confidence is everything. You gotta feel like you can't miss. Reads your reads are perfect. And look man when I say you can't miss it doesn't mean bets. Because, look, you can make a good read and still lose. You can make a good bet, right, and still lose. So you got to feel good about your reads. Look, your reads can be way off, and that's probably why you lost. Okay, and that's what will take a shot out of your confidence. Like, oh, dude, I was way off. And a couple times of this, of this week, actually quite a bit this week, I was way off. Did that hurt my confidence? Mm, not really, but a little bit kind of second-guessing like mm, I'm not feeling too good about my reads and that's sort of what I was saying earlier if you can't get your reads right then pass or lower your bets or both pass on the shit that you don't like and lower your wager on the shit that you like and feel like you can get a good read on okay when you're cold you gotta love something to play it because then you're more likely to win and then you'll get your confidence back you'll get your mojo back you'll be like oh yeah you know you'll get going a little bit you'll be back to having fun you'll be back to making money your confidence will be sky high winning solves everything winning does solve everything well, you know what? Winning, if winning solves everything safe, then why don't I just bet the fucking board and sweep? Like, one or two bets that we win tonight isn't gonna solve everything if we lost 20 in the last two days, bro. Right? If we make five units back from the 20 that we lost, how does that solve anything? Huh? Look, bro. Like I said, it's not all about dollar signs and green and, and, and whatever. Even though it should be. And it kind of is. But you shouldn't just be focused on that. That is the goal, but like I said, you, you need to... Other things will help you achieve that goal. If you just sort of tunnel vision on that, that's probably how you lose. Because you're not really considering the other things. Like my reads, my confidence, you know? That's why that's what I mean self-awareness is so important, bro. Sometimes you really got to look at yourself, look at yourself, look inside of yourself, sort of step back and analyze the situation from the inside and from the outside. Okay? Consider everything in your life, within you, around you, and for your bets too, man, when you're breaking them down, consider everything. Never tunnel vision on one thing, never just hone in on one thing and be like, yep, I'm absolutely right about this, let's go. And you just ignore everything else, don't do that. Okay, man, and look, we're human beings, so we can think like this, we're not robots, bro. And yes, we do have feelings, and yes, we're emotionally driven. But we're smart, bro, I swear to God, we're smart, we just gotta apply ourselves a little bit. Just really think about things. Why did this happen? How can I prevent this from happening? A computer, I promise you, can't think like that. Okay. Welcome to the safe space, everybody. That was one hell of an intro, I think. Honestly, I'm... I'm look, I'm doing pretty good today. Honestly, I can't complain. The bets aren't going very well. And there ha hasn't been a lot of learning lessons from the bets. Um, cause quite frankly, let's say if all your bets are bad, then really there's no less learning lesson there in, in, in that certain moment because all you have to do and focus on at the moment is getting your shit right. You gotta get right and get back on track. And I'm willing to do that today, I, I understand that. So that's what I'm gonna do today. And we're gonna get right, we're gonna get back on track. Like I said, it is my responsibility for me to do that, and we will. I'm confident. Elena Rebecca withdrew from Sydney, and that's kind of sad.
She played a full week last week, and I believe from all the players that played a full week, la full week last week, meaning made the final last week, she was the only one that played this week. Marty was supposed to, she withdrew. No sight of Anisimova or Sasnovich. And Kudermetova and Halep aren't even playing this week. Fuck, Osaka made it to the semi-final, didn't even play the semi-final, and she's not playing this week. So this is sort of expected from Rabakuna. Let's call it a business decision. She posted a little something on her Insta- And by the way, look, this is a- By the way, this is a Rabakuna fan account. Just for you. This may be called the safe space or whatever, but but in secret, this isn't really about tennis and, and, and tennis betting. This is a Eleanor Rabakuna fan show, okay? Safe Smacks is not a Tennis Picks Twitter account, it's a Eleanor Rabakina fan page. Okay, so anyway. <clears throat> uh, on her Instagram, she posted something about a thigh injury, and I'm not going to be able to continue this week, see you next week, things like that. I think that's all nonsense. It's a business decision. I think her thigh is fine, or at least I hope so. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but I think she's, she's, she's good. Okay. Um... She'll be back on track. Like I said, it's a business decision. Why why play against a bunch of bums like Kasatkina and Caro Garcia or whatever? You don't need that. It means nothing. You know, you played well, you made a final, you beat Raducanu, you made a statement. The girls know what's up. They're scared. I know they're scared. Okay, so take some time off like they are. And I'll see you next week. Mm -mm -mm. That's good. I like that a lot. And just a reminder, if any girl is playing this week, she lost early last week. I'm looking at you, Bedosa. Okay, I'm looking at you, Coco Goff. But safe! Coco Goff lo lost to Barty, man. You're being harsh. I don't care. I don't care. She lost She lost last week in her first match. Bedosa lost last week in her first match. That's why they're playing this week. They gotta get their confidence up. They want to make a statement. They know they're not ready. They want They want to get right. The rest of the draw in Adelaide is pretty weak. Brengel, Madison Brengel, Alison Risk, Anaconia. Coco Goff didn't want the smoke, didn't go to Sydney. Zidanshek, Lauren Davis, Ludmila Samsonova, and Madison Keys. That's a pretty weak draw, but honestly, some of these girls are playing well. Madison Keys, I can't lie to you, is playing pretty good. Some some son of a had a good win yesterday. Zidanchik and Davis are just eh. Anaconia can beat anyone honestly any day. And Coco Goff is Coco Goff. Madison Brangle and Alison Risk. That's unwatchable content. Sydney, the final four, I guess, will be Benchich, Bedosa. Sorry, the final eight: Benchich, Bedosa, Kontave, Jabor. Barbora Krzykova, Karo Garcia, Kasatkina, Muguruto. That's a good list. That's one, two, three, four. Five of the top ten in the final eight in Sydney. That's pretty good. And then it's... Bencic, who is close. And Kasatkina, who is close. I believe top 20 players. Caro Garcia, I don't know what she's doing there. That's the eight. So five in the top ten. Two in the top twenty and Caro Garcia. I don't know what she's doing there. Oh, that should have been Rabakina, no? She had a walkover against Rabakina. That's right. So it would have been five top ten players and three top twenty players. This draw is good. This will be a good finish. And none of these girls played last week, except for who? Paula Bedosa and Kasatkina. You know I don't like those girls. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Kasatkina gets Muguruta. I'm not hopeful for her. Barbora Krzykova and Caro Garcia. That match isn't going to make anyone's TV. Kontave Jabor is probably the headliner. And Bencic, if she wins this match, that's in a rain delay. Looks like she'll get Bedosa in a night session, maybe, if they're nice. So Benchich can get some rest. And beat Bedosa. That'll be a good match. Benchich bedosa Kontave, Jabor. And it'll be nice to see Muguruta take a shit on Kasatkino. That's good, that's good stuff. Kas uh, Muguruta yesterday looked very good. 
Alexandrova honestly played a decent match. I mean, in the second set, it was very good. It was a it was a good match from both players. Honestly, Muguruza's back. She's here. And her performance yesterday, basically, that was her saying, "What's up, ladies?" Or the Cam Newton, "I'm back." Yep. Let's talk a little bit about the Australian Open. Now, Twitter user. Shout out, shout out to all you guys for the for the kind words and the feedback and the questions. If you have any questions you would like like me like for me to comment on or give my thoughts on or answer or hear me rant about for like five to ten minutes on the show, I would be more than happy to do that. Um but here we go. Aaron Sari. Aaron Sari on Twitter asked me, hey man. I love your pod and your picks. I just have a quick question. Do you do you ever take futures bets or outright tourney winners or do you think it's a losing strategy? That's a good question. That's a good question. Here's my answer to that question. The thing with futures and outright winners uh, for tournaments, for slams particularly, is that it is only ever worth it, believe it or not, for the top, top players. How does that make sense? Like, for a plus 50,000, it's not worth it. Why, bro? But those are better odds. And, and really, with the women, anyone can win it. I'll tell you why. It's not a good strategy. There's a better strategy. Let's say you want to take... And this is just an example. I don't know the prices. Alright, let's say you want to take Shin Wen Shang to win. Let's say she's plus 28,000. Those That's her price. If you put 100... Uh, so she's 28 to 1, right? If you put 100 on her, you win 28k. Okay, I think that's correct. Yeah, it is. So if you put 100 on Shin Wen Chang, you win 28k. Now, let's say you do this instead. For the first round, you have $100. That $100 you would have put on the future outright winner, you bet on her money line. In the first round, she's... Plus 300, you bet the 100, she wins, you now have 400. In the second round, she's plus 200, you put the 400, she wins, that's 800, you won, you now have 1200, or 1.2k. In the third round, she's plus 200, she wins, you now have plus 2400, so you're now on to... 3600 or 3.6k. In the next round, she's plus 145. She wins. You now have $8,820 into the quarterfinal. In the quarterfinal, she's playing against Rabakina and she is plus 350. 8,820, all of it, on plus 350, you now have 39,690 if she wins. 39,690 if she wins. And look, now she's in the... Now she's in the semi-final, I believe. And you already made more than you would've on the plus 28,000. That's plus 28,000, which are huge odds. And now your $100 are now 39,690. This is called, like an accumulative sort of thing. You start with a hundred, you bet it all if she wins, you take the winnings and your wager, you take everything. The returns, the, the, the stake, everything, and you just keep rolling it on her money line. Now, okay, now we're up to 39,690. 39,690, let's say people are catching on and now she's even money. You're up to 80k, 70... 79,380. In the final, it's Ash Barty. She's plus 250. We're up to 277k if she wins. 277k from $100. Now, maybe these some of these odds were exaggerated, but this is what it looks like. How crazy is that? Now this only works for dogs because they're dogs and you'll probably get plus money every step of the way. Right?
because that's what a dark horse is. That's, you know? Trust me, those odds they give you, those suck. Plus 28,000 ain't shit. If this was true, we just won 277,000. That's a quarter million. If you bet 100 on, on plus 28,000 or 28 to 1, which is what the odds probably are for someone like Shin Wen Shang, you would have only made 28k. Instead, you made 277k. For favorites, it doesn't work because the your money doesn't sort of accumulate like that. Barty first match plus 600. Minus, sorry, minus 600. You put that 100 bucks and, and it's like... You have like 120, probably. <laughs> going into the next match, you know what I mean? Like, you'll make so little. It's, it's probably best to... Take her... Uh, future. But in general, futures are rubbery. Look, they're fun to have, to sort of show off. And, hey man, look what I hit. But if you're about your money and you want the value then just pick a player and bet them you know maybe on a separate account or use a tracker so you know exactly how much to do and the thing with this is is that if, if at any point you want to stop or if you want to don't not go all in every time then you can do that and, and take the profits you know what i mean like at some point we were up to like eight thousand, and she was in the in the quarterfinal, you can kind of keep 4,000, make 4k off it, and then use the other 4k to continue doing what you're doing. Okay, that's the cool part. With a future, you can't really cash out. I don't know, maybe you can on some books. And it's better than hedging, because now you don't have to take another bet. You can either just not bet it, or bet less, or do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, now even with favorites, even with Barty, Moguruta, Rebakina, Contavate, Azarenka, Halep. Did I just give you my top five to win the Australian Open? I don't know, maybe. But with those girls, um, it is actually also worth it to use this strategy. Bet their money line every single game and go all in with, that, with your winnings and shit. From every single game, it is more worth it, but... Maybe not. The math is a little different for favorites. It sort of depends on the draw and how much... Like, Muguruza could be minus 600 until... You know, she reaches the fucking fourth round or something. And even then, probably minus 200, minus 250, minus 300, like that. Okay. So the returns aren't too nice, and... But it is still better than Barty's plus 400. For example, Barty... If we so her odds are, f bro. Sorry, timeout. Did I say that plus twenty eight thousand is twenty eight to one? That's two hundred eighty to one, correct? Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah, it is. Sorry, two hundred eighty to one. So Barty is like a 4 to 1 favorite, plus 400, to win the Australian Open. So if you put 100 on that, you win 400. So that 100 turns into 500 if you take Barty. Now let's do this exercise as Barty as a huge, ugly, fat favorite every round. And try and be sort of realistic about Barty and what this 100 would look like if we did it like Shen Wenshang. <clears throat> so... What do you say Barty's odds will be in the first round of the Australian Open? Minus 600? Does that sound right? You bet on her minus 600 to win the first round with your $100, you win 17. You're up to 117. In the second round, let's call it minus 450. You're up to 142, on to the third round. She won two matches, and you've made $42. And you started with 100, and you've been going all in every time. 
So you went, you bet 100 first round, second round you bet 117, now we're in the third round, and you have $142, okay? <clears throat> second round, let's say she gets someone like Azarenka, and there are some questions to be asked, she's minus 275. Sorry, I'm using a calculator. You know, you know I'm not. Um. One forty-six. What? Sorry, one hundred forty-two dollars all in on minus two seventy-five. You're now up to one ninety-three. Going into the fourth round or the round of sixteen, you have one ninety-three. You've made ninety-three dollars after her winning three matches. Let's see, though. You might get more than the. 500. Um, in the fourth round, she gets Jesse Pagula. And there are some questions to be asked, but she looked good against Azarenka. She's minus 305 this round. You go all in, you're up to now 256. She's in the quarterfinal. Or was that the quarterfinal? No, that is the quarterfinal, and she gets Barbora. Krzykova in the quarterfinal. So now we have 256 against Barbora Krzykova. She's minus 275 again. $256 all in on minus 275. She wins. We are now up to 348 going into the semifinal. Semifinal she gets Garbini Muguruta. She's Minus 160. $348 all in on minus 160. We're up to 567. In the final, she gets Osaka. She's minus 140. $567 all in on minus 140. She wins the final, lifts the trophy. You're up to $969. So that plus 100, or sorry, that 100 that you started with, that you would have put on Barty to win, at plus 400, 4 to 1, to return 500, profit of 400. If you better every match, given our scenario and the odds we used, you'll end with 969, so profit of 869, um, which is, as you can see, better than the, if you would have taken her future. Okay, no, but this thing you gotta here you need your discipline and you can kind of do it how you like if you truly want to go all in every single time and you're willing to lose that hundred that you started with then that's okay because you would have bet it on the future anyway right um, so you can do that obviously you can you know maybe before the final keep your hundred and bet everything else so you either you know break even or you win it all whatever you know what I mean so this is more time-consuming, you have to be on top of it, um, and obviously it's hugely dependent on the odds that you get, and what the draw looks like, and who her opponents are, but is it more fun, or is it betting a future and just writing it out and having a ticket to send the screenshot to show off to your friends uh, better? Um, up to you. Maybe you can do both. Maybe you can try both, and... Excuse me, see what works better. Take Barty as a future outright winner, plus 400 or whatever. And then try this method as well, maybe for also 100 and, and, and see what happens. Um, but yeah, that that's what I think about futures. I, I don't think the value is there. They're, they are fun though to look at, to sort of see like, you know, what the odds are for each person. Um, what the books are saying. You know, Emma Raducanu's up there with Contivate. How about that? Isn't that just fucking hilarious, bro? Like, her odds are better than Rebecca, I believe. I mean, probably not anymore. But at the, at the start of the year, at the start of 2022, that's that's what the odds were saying. Raducanu was up there with Contivate, with Muguruza. You know, that's, that's kind of funny, right? Now, look, that is all... 
public perception, right? As as we've talked about before, um, and how the market perceives her. You gotta identify value, but honestly, there is not much value on anyone. You know, like they know what's up. Futures are f are like they're purely for fun. They're you know, if, if you truly want to make money, then then do it. Do it this way, and probably you might have more fun doing it like this. Who knows? Depending, I don't know which one's more fun. I guess to each his own. Some some per like, just bet it once, forget about it, see what happens. That might be fun, or to sort of bet the person to win every single match over and over again, and rolling over all winnings. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. See what's up. To talk about tonight's matches, um, look, man, I addressed Adelaide. Probably we're not gonna play any Adelaide tonight, okay? Brengle Risk, Kanye Goff, Zidanecek, Lauren Davis, and Samsonov and Keys. I'm good, thank you. I want no parts of that. In Sydney, I'll be excited to see what Bencic and Bedosa lines look like if 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 Bencic wins that match. Contavejabor. Look, I I swear to God, I haven't seen any lines, so I'm gonna do this exercise with you guys now. And look, here's one thing: if, if when I tell you to sort of do this exercise and and try and guess the line, don't guess the line based on what you think the public thinks. Like, don't actually try and guess what the sports book is saying. You know what I mean? Don't guess that line. I'm telling you to make your own line. Like, what do you think the lines should be? Like, based on you. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to ask you to guess the actual sportsbook line. Which is usually kind of inflated or kind of off due to the market, public perception. Whatever. You're not trying to guess that line. I'm asking you to make your own line based on what you think. Like, who should be favored? Who should be the favorite and by how much, etc., etc. So, Contivate Jabor, I would make Contivate minus 200, maybe minus three and a half or minus three games. Jabor plus 160, I think, would be reasonable. If Jabor is anything lower than plus 140 or 50, I think that's unreasonable and not a good price for Jabor. If Jabor is a favorite or there is a minus next to her name, forget it. I would play Contivate at minus two and a half for sure. If she was minus three or minus three and a half, I'd have to think about it. Um, but as far as what side I want to take her, I want to take Contivate. Krzykova Garcia, no thanks. If I'm trying to make a line for Benchich Bedosa, I'd say Benchich plus 140, Bedosa minus 175, something like that. Bedosa minus three, minus two and a half maybe, for Bedosa. That that would be a fair, fair line I think. Benchich at plus one forty or better would be playable in my opinion. Benchich at plus two hundred. I'm not even gonna say what I would do. But onto the last one, Kasatkina Muguruta Muguruta minus four and a half. I think is a fair line. I think it's playable. I wouldn't do an under here, but Mogarutha and straights looks good. And a Mogarutha spread also looks good. If she's anywhere inside minus four and a half, I think that's playable for Mogarutha. I wouldn't play Kasatkina unless she's like 260 or better. 260 or better. And yeah, that is all for tonight's matches. I'll, uh,. I guess by the time I post my plays and you guys listen to this, you will sort of see the lower volume, you know, more selective bets, and passing on the matches that we have had poor reads on all week, which has been basically everyone, everyone in Adelaide at least. We're 1-0 betting Muguruta, and we've yet to bet Contivate, even though we're 0-1 fading Jabor, so we're just going to try that and see what happens. If that fails, then that fails. But yeah, that is all for today. I hope you all have a fantastic Wednesday. And let's get back on track.
Yeah, yeah.